And so yeah. I went to bed that night, and when I woke up in the morning, my partner was saying, Tara, you just had a seizure. You just, you know, you were convulsing. And I didn't understand any of it, but my tongue was all bit up. And, and yeah, and in the morning we went to the hospital, and I had the MRIs and everything. And, and the neurologist, you know, he said, Tara, you need to do more of that yoga that you talk about. What? <laughs> yeah. He said, you need to de-stress. You need to, you know, do, you know, have some meditation, bring, you know, bring your stress down. You need to do more of that. And I was like, okay, okay. and so I did that. I, I cleared my schedule some, you know, I focused more on my own practice and, you know, but, and, and, and I was free and clear for about six months, but about six months later, it happened again. And then that you didn't do enough yoga. Was that the problem? Right. <laughs> I have never heard that. In all the shit I have heard, right. I have never heard do more yoga. Do more yoga. That's... Before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to join the What The F community to hear even more conversations that will make you laugh, cry, and feel more connected. All I'm asking you to do is click on that subscribe button that's right on your screen. I love your support, and it is so inspiring and amazing to see all of your comments. Thank you so much for subscribing. It means the world. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome to What The F. So excited about today's guest, especially as we're rolling into the new year because I could definitely use some um, wellness tips Um, and Tara Ann, wellness coach, is here to share. Uh, Before we get started though, I want to thank Norellis and SK Life Science. Thank you so much for being a part of the What The F podcast, being a part of the team and making these conversations possible. Tara Ann, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much, Landis. It's, this is my pleasure. I'm so happy to join you. Not only are you a person living with epilepsy, but you're a person living with epilepsy who has their own wellness coaching program, mm. which is just like, I love that. I know I could need it, and I can't wait to talk more about it. But before we dive into that, I really want to find out where, where did epilepsy start for you? What's your epilepsy journey like? And, you know, where are you at right now? Which is a huge question. And I want you to answer it in one sentence. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Landis. It's, um, I feel touched to share in, in slowing down this story, especially in this, in this space, because um, come February, I'll be three years seizure-free. And oh my that, God, that's amazing. Yeah, that Congratulations. So <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And, and so when I, when I look back and I, I, you know, I, I can't deny that with each year that I've been seizure free, I simply feel more like myself again. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've got to own that in um, wow. 2015, when I had my first grand mal seizure, while I was sleeping. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it just, you know, and then, you know, that just, I, the whole, you know, turmoil of, of that. I was, um, yeah, it was on the big island. I had, I'd moved to the big island in 2009 with. Wait, 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 back up. Right. Big island, meaning. The big island of Hawaii. For the, yes, okay. For the people who like are right. mainland and were like, our geography sucks. Right. Uh, <laughs> Like me, I'm like, I'm ignorant. Like, which one? (laughs) Thank you so much. So the big island of Hawaii. I want to say if anyone hears like the birds in the background, they're Hawaiian birds. Like that was the best when you logged on. I was like, oh my God, I can hear the birds. 
<laughs> so amazing. Oh, it's so oh. beautiful. Okay. Right. So I keep interrupting you. You, tur- right. you moved to Hawaii in 2009. Yeah, 2009 with, with what I call my um, new age American dream. So my, <laughs> my ex and I, we, um, we went into, there was 44 acres and we cleared, we cleared a lot of the land and brought in a road and started building one building at a time. Um, to create, you know, we wanted to um, grow our own food, return to the land, create um, a community space where people could come and heal and 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 experience connection. Um, it just it, it just was also right. It all sounded so wonderful, but it was also it was in East Hawaii, which is um, uh, in the lava zone area, and so it was. Uh, tough, um, tough spot to be. I mean, it was, it was a tough spot to, to grow business. And, and I didn't know sure. that because I didn't know any better. Well, right? When lava, when lava is getting in your yeah. way, right. it just sounds, it just sounds so, um, um, like when lava is a problem, yeah. you know, yeah. like what, <laughs> like just again, just like so foreign to this, you know, this Midwestern person right, right here. I'm like, wow. Right. Yeah. Lava is an issue. Yeah. <laughs> lava, lava can be an issue. And so when we yeah. move to the lava zone and then we're, we're creating this wellness center, um, and it just, it, it gave me such, um, purpose in, in, I like to say like in my thirties, you know, I was, you know, developing yeah. this, this center and this space of wellness and people were coming and they were coming to stay with us for 10, 20, 30 day cleansing program. So to, to, to get off of their like, you know, standard American lifestyle, return to return to, you know, food being grown from, from the land and have community experience. And it all sounds so heavenly. Um, yet it does. Right. I'm like, you have me sold. <laughs> know, yeah. I take wonderful memories and what it really was though, you know, several years into it, my role, I was like, you know, like, you know, building staffing. I was, it was more like the hospitality industry. I was working like 90 hours a week. I was in oh with God. like all the permitting and, you know, the turnovers high in East Hawaii. And, and it just, it was a really stressful effort, right? Yeah. So that was like a big yeah. piece to me around epilepsy. Like I really had to look yeah. at, you know, when I had that first seizure, it was um, during the winter season when it's cold elsewhere. Lots of people want to come to Hawaii. And, sure. you know, I had been, um, you know, been kind of burning the candle at both ends. But I have to note this too. Like one, one piece, I, I reference myself as a, a recovered vegan. Okay. I love this. Keep going. Right. Because, you know, what was happening back then too, I was very much on the like vegan bandwagon. And so a lot of, you know, what, you know, even our farm to table experience was, was a vegetarian experience. And although that can be great for like a cleanse, if you will, to give the body Mm -hmm. a break, um, what I have to own, what I have to own, like even in my like organic vegan, like everything was so clean, that, 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 I have to own that I was most likely pre-diabetic. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like chasing, wow. you know, sweets throughout the day. Like, sure, they may have been like the best of the best, but every couple hours I was like reaching for a chocolate treat or reaching for a, 
you know, a date ball or a cacao smoothie. They're they're just like, yes, those. (laughs) So, you know, I have to um, own that the, the night before my first seizure, I had an aura and I had never had And the aura that I experienced was a deja vu, right? And it's like the room kind of spun and I was like, it just, everything just felt so familiar and I had never really had that experience. I'd heard about deja vu a hundred times, but it was so Mm -hmm. loud to me that I had to like slow down and I even said something out loud. Like I just had a really, I feel funny. And that's what I've learned about, mm-hmm. you know, when seizures are coming on for me, I just feel funny, right? And so yeah. I went to bed that night and when I woke up in the morning, my partner was saying, Tara, you just had a seizure. You just, you know, you were convulsing and I didn't understand any of it, but my tongue was all bit up and, oh. and yeah. And in the morning we went to the hospital and I had the MRIs and everything and, and the neurologist you know, he said, Tara, you need to do more of that yoga that you talk about. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said, you need to de-stress. You need to, you know, do, you know, have some meditation, bring, you know, bring your stress down. You need to do more of that. And I was like, okay. okay. And so I did that. I, I cleared my schedule some, you know, I focused more on my own practice and, you know, but, and, and, and I was free and clear for about six months. But about six months later, it happened again. And then that... You didn't do enough yoga? Was that the problem? (laughs) I have never heard that. In all the shit I have heard, I've never heard do more yoga. Do more yoga. Oh, my God. So then after the second one, though, that's when the doctors were like, okay, you now have adult onset epilepsy, and here are the drugs we want to put you on. And I was like, Mm -hmm. but doc... You know, they like kind of work and there's all these side effects. I feel nervous about that. I don't take medications. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, yeah and nobody in my family like had ever had it. And, and so when the doctors, you know, said, oh, you know, here's what you need to take for the rest of your life. I said, doc, you know, there's got to be another way. And there was one doctor in Hilo, which is East Hawaii. And he said, Tara, well, there was this diet that came out in the early 1920s. But it's challenging. But it came out specifically for epilepsy and it keeps, it lowers the threshold for seizures. And he said, but it's difficult Mm -hmm. socially, you know, this and that. And I said, Doc, I don't think you've met me. Let me at him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm vegan, dude. I can do anything. (laughs) And that was the thing. He he put me on a, um, a classical ketogenic medical grade diet. And I had okay. to make peace with the food chain. And this was challenging because I was very, I'm like, this is the way, you know, <laughs> and I was just so wrong. <laughs> and I'll always remember, because here I was, you know, we had, there was the farm, we were very, you know, it was a small town community. I could talk to the rancher about how he treated his cattle, what he fed the cattle. Like it was a very sweet space for me to like, I had to make peace with the food wow. chain. Yeah. Yeah. And totally. I mean, that's a huge, mm-hmm. I, that's just a huge, like so many lifestyle changes are happening at once. I can't even exactly. imagine. Yeah. So I started. Eating. Oh, wait, I can. I've been there. Never right. mind. I'm like, <laughs> done that. 
So I had to Sorry. make peace with the food chain. I started eating duck eggs that we were gathering from the land. I started drinking bone oh, wow. broth. And I'll always remember that first sip of bone broth. Because, you know, I was praying and <laughs> just yeah, getting totally. clear with my own ethics around it. But I'll always remember yeah. sipping on that broth and being like, wow, no amount of kale salad has ever nourished me <laughs> <laughs> like this. Oh, and no like, amount wow. of kale salad. What if I was wrong? And so it was a slow transition, but I, you know, I had the doctor's orders and I had a really big uh, motivation to be seizure free. And so on, on the, on the wagon, I went, if you will, on the like classical ketogenic therapy, um, and, you know, learning to like budget my carbs. Cause back then I was still like eating chocolate and attempting to have wine once in a while. So I was like, figuring it out and I had some success and then I had you know Mm -hmm. and then I would you know maybe work out too hard or um you know like and that and cause a seizure you mean like the oh yeah that and that that was you know for like the next five years it was it was um, an experimentation of seeing because I didn't realize that that if you work out like a really intense workout it can lower the seizure threshold And I was at a gym. I found out the hard way too. Right. I was at a gym and I was doing those ropes and I had never done those ropes before. And I just, you know, I just went all out. And then afterwards I was walking and I was like, was on the phone with a friend and I was like, I feel funny. Oh no. Yeah. And unfortunately about an hour later I was driving home and luckily I was a block away from my home and there was like support all around me. That's what's been a big piece too with this epilepsy is really seeing how much love is here for me. Um, my, my sweetheart's best friend happened to be visiting the island and he was on the street corner, which I have no idea why he was there, but I was pulling around the corner about a block from my house and I saw him and he said that we were waving at each other and that he saw my face just go out and I was driving. And luckily though, I was turning the corner and I just went up the corner up the curb and like hit a fence, but I had a seizure while driving. Mm, poor so, that's awful. It has to be terrifying. Yeah, I woke up in the in the in the ambulance. I lost my license mm-hmm. for two years, and you know the doctors were like, "Tara, this diet isn't working." You know, and they were really you know, and and my neurologist at the time, I was like, "Oh, but I've had all of these successes," and she was really firm with me, and so. Yeah. On we went and, you know, it's, it's been this, this dance. So that's kind of like how it started, but it's been this dance of learning like, okay, what happens? You know, stress is a number one flare. What am I doing when stress is heightened? How am I increasing my sleep, shifting my foods mm-hmm. and, and such? And so it was very much an acute care for the first couple of years. Um, but I'd say in the last sure. year, year and a half, I just feel my world is getting bigger. And that's a big piece too, like honoring, like, oh, I had like 19 seizures since, you know, 2015. And like, this hasn't been the easiest thing to come through because when um, I was having the seizures, it was creating some problems in my relationship too. He was seeing like, she's very stressed. 
and he broke up with me, which, you know, at the time was, whoa, 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 whoa. right. <laughs> back up, back up, back up, back back. So he, he saw you were stressed and broke up with you. What? I mean, we, what, can, what, what, what? we could get into all of that. And like, for whatever reason, it scared him. Wow. And so, you know, I have, I have a mentor that says, don't name anything good news or bad news for five years, because that's when we get perspective. And so Landis, I have a really great piece Whoa, to this story. I right? Okay. <laughs> oh, I need to write this shit right. down. And it was like nearly a 10 year relationship. We had like oh my God. created a lot, but the, the hardest part was me um, leaving, leaving my neighborhood. You know, I lived in this wonderful neighborhood down yeah. in Capojo and that part was hard. I was, I was noticing I was complete with the, um, with the retreat center. It was a lot of like, you know, pulling on me. And I knew that that just, I, I needed to get complete with that. You needed to let go of that. Yeah. I just wasn't yeah. too sure how. And so I left mm. the big Island and I was back in California, which is where I grew up. And I was a little bit like licking my wounds. Mm-hmm. And a year later, the lava got active again and it came and it took the home that I used to live in. Oh my goodness. So wow. now I feel as though I have been spared that. Yeah. Right? That's huge. Yeah. Thank you, Landis. I really appreciate you noticing that. Yeah. And mm. so, you know, the retreat center is still there, the, where we'd lived no longer. And I just, mm-hmm. I felt this, you know, in me of like, no man's ever going to mess with my career like that. Hell mm. yeah, girl. <laughs> mm. Mm. I feel that so hard. <laughs> and I was invited. There's, I mean, I could go into other beautiful stories, but I was invited back to Hawaii yeah. to Oahu. And I was like, oh, but that's the big city. Like I'm a, I'm a, you know, big island girl. Right. But when I came over here, I fell in love with it. And I was like, oh, oh. this is where I'm meant to be. And each island is so unique and different. So it's been about, um, I moved here in 2018 and it's been, you know, six, about six years of learning this island. And when I first came yeah. here, I was so like, I want to share the success I've had with metabolic therapies like a ketogenic diet like a mm-hmm. they call it modified adkins or a low carb okay. high fat like there's all these different versions particularly with epilepsy that that there's there's been success with diet and lifestyle supporting mm-hmm. less medication no medication medicate people that have had mm-hmm. trouble with medications and so i very much got on my soapbox and was like i want to share this with the world <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. Right? You know, it's like you've just been like to the fire pits of hell. You know, you then you come like with with an epilepsy diagnosis, a significant breakup, um, you know, moving all like all of those things are incredibly stressful, like probably like on like the top five most stressful things to happen in your life. And you get them like all wrapped in one little <laughs> one ball, you know, and like <laughs> And then you come out and you want to share how yeah. you did. And that's amazing. And thank you for that. You're because so we welcome. need people like you. You're so welcome. 
And then, and then creating too, because I was very much like, how do I get a job? How do I, like, just navigating the, like, diagnosis yeah. and what does that mean? How do I share this with the world? How do I not? I've since grown proud of my, like, who I am in this community. And, mm. and like, you know, yeah, let's have a voice because it is interesting. Yeah. Like, as I've grown more comfortable talking with people about it. I have noticed like if I mention mm -hmm. it, people think I'm going to like have a seizure right then. And yeah, it can scare the <laughs> shit out of people. It's a good test of character, I think. So it's been this, it's been a beautiful piece of, um, you know, letting, letting the anger and the emotion around it, like have, mm. have its space. And that's, that's, I think, as I'm experiencing more time free from seizures, I'm able to have mm -hmm. more grace with myself around how far I've come. Oh, that is so beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Because I think wow. during able it- able to allow myself more grace. Mm-hmm. Oh. I think during it, there was expectations that I was supposed to be like further along yeah, you know, that was the hardest thing for me was other people's expectations and me not knowing how to communicate that I was literally just trying to survive every day. Right. And it wasn't, you know, but that's so cool that you're in this also that your your mentor said that wait five years before you label something good or bad, stealing that. Please. And then also that you're in this place like that you are, you know, almost two years, so close to two years. Three, almost amazing. three. Oh, Almost you know what? Three. That's what I was saying in my head. This is the thing. <laughs> this, is what, this is what my brain does to me. Almost three, yeah. three, three years yeah. seizure free. Um, so how do you feel like, you know, you've mentioned lifestyle things. How do you feel like, and, and I don't know if diet is still a part of it for you, but how do you feel like you got to this point of being, you know, and just so everyone's listening, this is not medical advice. This right. is just... Tara sharing her experience, you know, so please don't walk away being like, oh, I should do exactly this. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I want, I'm just so curious because I want to gather as much information as I can from other people. Like what, what did you do that you feel like got you here? Mm, thank you. You know, the, the, the diet and lifestyle piece is, is a big one. And, and it's, um, you know, what, what I've learned about the ketogenic therapies is that it's, it's, it's an elimination diet. And so it's removing those, you know, ingredients, those, you know, yeah, I can't, you know, yeah, that which causes more um, inflammation, more flare. And, mm. you know, the classic ketogenic therapies, often it's like, you know, let's get rid of grains and breads and such. And so because I had okay. been like a, a vegan, I really wasn't on them. So that wasn't hard for me but the sweets were sure, yeah you know the sweets were yeah. I was used to all of the best of the best you know but you know there's there's something to be said about removing um <laughs> we all seem to have like one or two of those things that were like oh I bet that if I were to get rid of that one thing that you know my favorite ice cream mm -hmm. at night or that you know, that afternoon mm -hmm. treat or, you know, it's really IDing for, for each of us. But so for me, I had to look at like, sure. where was I getting my sweet fix? And okay. what was that serving or, or not? And so. Oh, oh, wait, wait, can we pause there? Yeah. You had to get rid of your sweet fix because, and everyone's fixes are different, like you said, but what was that fix serving? 
or not. Or not. That is a beautiful way to look at it. Yeah. That is beautiful. Because I feel like that's that's where we run into trouble, right? Because yeah. it's like, you know, for you're talking to someone who loves ice cream, who loves cookies, who right. loves her sweets. Yeah. And especially, and I didn't get really into them until I stopped drinking. And it kind of became like my crossover, you know, like, because getting the sugar somehow. Yeah. And I, you know, a lot of people who drink don't want dessert. Oh, people I go out with anyway, they're like, I don't want dessert. I'm like, this is what I live for. Okay. Like, <laughs> but I've never looked at it that way. What is it serving or not? That's yeah. very beautiful. Right. And I, I love that you slowed us down right there because, you know, and it sometimes might be that, that we need more sweets. It might be before our menses. It might be while we're ovulating. There's times mm. that we, like the body's wanting more glucose, if you will. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, but then tuning in. So it's just that listening. Listening versus like, oh my God, I'm stressed and overwhelmed by there's a big crowd here. The lights are bright. Let me just, this yeah. is like a self-soothing piece yes too 100 percent. so mm-hmm. when are the like hand to mouth when is it more of a stress response versus like mm. my body's needing nourishment and like yeah. tuning oh, into that those signals and really slowing mm. it down oh, right that. it's not perfect it's yeah. not supposed to be perfect we've learned mm-hmm. so much from our family members from our friends from ourselves from tv but it's really undoing and, and slowing down to be with ourselves around our consumption habits. I love that because it's, it's the slowing down and it's the not just eliminate, you know, for good. It's kind of like, listen to yourself and maybe this time a month you do don't, you know, deprive your body of something, which I love because especially for people living with epilepsy, we've had so many things kind of like taken out of our lives, Mm -hmm. you know, like driver's license or, um, drinking or late bed, late bedtime. But like to, to consciously listen and make that choice is a different thing, which is very beautiful. Right. Right. And so that, that's, that was the piece um, that the doctor had said to me like, Oh, the ketogenic diet is, it's, it's challenging, you know, to, to get compliance. And I was like, all right, well, I'm the only one. It's, it's up to me. However, like I've still been able to have success and it's been this, it's been a journey and it's been a journey of like trial and error, but then also seeing like, oh, you know, favorite cookie. Let me take it out for 90 days. Let me just commit to being free from that cookie for 90 days. I'm going to eat this or this instead. And just, you know, let Mm. me, what what ends up happening is um, the bacteria within us changes Mm -hmm. we kind of like starve it out and then you know because i I imagine like when you first stopped drinking alcohol maybe it wasn't as easy at first but how do you feel about it now um yeah the first two weeks were not fun right and then it was like oh my god i have more energy this is amazing i i also didn't have epilepsy when i stopped drinking good for you so i think Yeah, I was just very busy and I was like, I don't have time to be tired. And that's why I took it out. And I'm really glad I did because then like, you know, six months later I was diagnosed with epilepsy. Wow. They're like, you can't drink. And I'm like, I don't. Right. But exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But then that, that's a perfect example of efficacy around, around removing something and then seeing the shift and, you know, like one energy levels. And then that, that creates the intrinsic motivation to be like, you know what? I'd rather not be tired. And, and sometimes the cravings are still there. Like, I'll let myself these days. Like, oh, I'd really like a glass of wine. 
Mm-hmm. I don't have it, but I just let myself say it. And like the craving yeah. comes and goes. And then I'm like, okay. I love that. <laughs> let myself say it. That's, that's important rather than like pushing it away and yeah. saying, you know, you can't. And even my doctor was like, you can have a glass of wine like once a month. I'm like, that sounds fun. I'm like, do you know how nervous I'll be around that fucking glass of wine? <laughs> but I'm glad she gave me, you know, she gave me that permission so that it's like my choice, you know, which is huge. It really so is. So rather than. As yeah. opposed to like, I can't have, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, I choose not to. I choose not to. I'd rather have energy, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. So yeah. it's, oh, it's really slowing down. Is this a coaching session? Right? I feel like you're coaching me right now and I love it. And this I'm is so happy right it's, now. It's true though. It's like, how can we coach ourselves? And then how do we, how do we slow down and create a container of safety, whether that's with somebody or, you know, yeah, definitely with yes. somebody um, is, is most helpful to really slow down the relating with self because what happens as we're eliminating, whether it's one thing or a group of things, you know, how, how are we being with ourselves during the transition? And is that like increasing our stress and, you know, mitigating our stress? So there's lots of different like ways to go at it and slow, slowly is better, you know, definitely. When I first started coaching, it was like, you know, change your life in 90 days. Let's, you know, do this in three months. And in my first year or two, I found myself getting frustrated, like wanting people to be further along than they just really are. And, and now I'm so enjoying this, this profession because I get to slow down and be with people in like a longer, like I work with people for like nine months or a year. Like let's really slow down this process of, unraveling and undoing some of these um, consumption patterns that either like a lot of times we're not even aware of. Sure. Yeah. That's well, that kind of leads me to my question is first of all, I love this because I've always had this instill. Well, I had this instilled in me from my grandfather that slow change is lasting change. Go ground. He always said that to me. I know. Go. He was a very awesome person. Um, And so I love hearing that, like, you know, and I I get both sides of it. I get the, like, I want change now, you know, especially when you're first starting out. Yeah. But then to take it back to, like, no, we're going to, this is a, this is a progress thing. This is, it takes time. So what does it, which leads me to a question, long-winded question. Yeah. What does coaching look like? Because you have this coaching career, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. And every time I look at your website, which is in the uh, podcast episode description, if anyone wants to check it out, I'm like, I, this is amazing. And like what I even wrote down, you say, find the connection you've been missing within yourself. Oh God. Okay. It was so beautiful. So what does it look like? A coaching session experience? How would you describe it? Thank you. Well, it, well, it is. It's a, it's a creating a, a conversation where people can tune in to what's happening for them. So it's, it's less about me being the expert, although I come with a lot of um, expertise, but I've even learned like it's less about me being excited about something and me being patient, patient enough to earn consent and go slowly, but then also... Um, provocative, courageous enough to ask the questions that need to be asked so that the, that the person, the individual can come to their um, own willingness to take their bold next step. 
Ooh. I love that. Yeah. Take the bold and that courageous willingness. Does it also, and then just curiosity, because I'm like picturing myself in this, does it come with not, and I hate saying a plan because a plan implies like by this date and time, right. but kind of like steps yeah. forward, you know, because I, I love having steps. I love being like, once I identify a problem, I'm like, okay, what, what needs right. to happen? And not now, but just what are the things? So I understand what's ahead. Does it come with that? Yeah. With that? And, like and it's so, a fucking thing you buy off the, on the internet. Right, right, Sorry. right. And so I used to do that. Here's your 12 steps and we're going to do this each week. Yeah. And I've, I've learned to slow that down and, and be like, okay. all right, if you're ready for the steps and, and we can go after these, you know, some people really like that. Other people are like, mm-hmm. you know, what, I, what I've found is sometimes people are a little bit um, overwhelmed. I'd say, you know, oh. yeah, overwhelmed, stressed in life. There's not enough time for me to take care of myself kind of story Mm -hmm. right so sometimes Mm -hmm. we won't even get started with the food stuff sometimes like you know and this is what i really appreciate about the longer slower containers um it might be you know the the first two-ish months might be around like recreating space on the calendar for self you know whether that's the 10 minute meditation you were talking about in the morning or time in the afternoon to take the dogs for a walk or get to the gym, whatever it is that person prefers to do for movement and self-care and, you know, like joy in their lives, like creating more time and space for that. And I've found that once people feel self-connected again, Mm. because sometimes, like oftentimes people are running around in Mm. overwhelm, right? And once we slow it, (laughs) once we slow it down and in a coaching container, like with, with me, for instance, like I'll I'll work with my clients, we'll meet, you know, twice a month for 90 minutes and whether it's online, like on screen or in person, um, you know, either Mm -hmm. way, but for 90 minutes. So it's really slowing down the conversation, right? So lots Mm. of time, um, twice a month and, you know, creating, creating plans for each two weeks, you know, and then in between sessions, I'm available for email support, text message support. I've learned so much about slowing down because I can be as excited as I want around ketogenic therapies, this and that. But if I'm just, if I'm just another person creating shame and guilt, it's not going to be successful. So I have Mm. to like, as the coach, be a partner with, with my clients on, What are they going after? How can we create some process goals so that we can have some successes? So how slow can we go into creating lifestyle and habit change? Sure. Yeah, no, I I love that. I love the, um, just the pacing it. Yeah. You know, and that's what I've got to own that when my seizures started, I was, um, in a burnt out, like. I was in like my relationship was shitty by then. I was very much like I grew up in the mid. Or I mean, I was right, born in the Midwest, so I have Midwestern roots. And I very much like oh, when life doesn't make sense, put your head down and work hard, and that'll yep. make sense, <laughs> right. But no, yep. I needed a change, so I've had mm-hmm. to really look at that too, especially in epilepsy and in my business now. Like I love, I love to work. I love to be of service. And I've got to catch myself. If I'm going in overdrive, it's like, no, Tara, you got to go take a walk. You got to get your eyes to the sunshine. Like there's mm-hmm. things I can't, I can't afford to burn like that anymore because it just brings up um, yeah, seizures. 
Well, and I, oh God, I just love this so much because mm -hmm. I mean, I know I'm not the only person Flopsy, <laughs> who has been told, have you tried keto? Yeah. And it's just kind of this like slap, Blanket. like, yeah. you know, like it's like a, it's like, well, you're, and what you're describing is not like trying keto. Mm -hmm. What you're describing is ketogenic therapy also going along with a lot of the uh, you know, behavioral and mental health and all the things like, it's not just like throwing a, you know, uh, a diet at someone, mm -mm, you know? Right. Yeah. Which I love because I know that's just one of the things like people, we all joke about like, Oh, you know, yeah, keto's going to fix you. Like the right. whole thing that we've heard over yeah. and over and over again from people who don't know anything about epilepsy. And I love that this is just a very holistic yeah. perspective and there is no like, yeah, I'm going to slap you with keto and you're going to be better. Like, no, that's not, it's not that's the antithesis of what you're saying. Exactly. exactly. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Tara Ann, thank mm -hmm. you so much for being here. I do have four questions okay. that I'm doing now that I ask my guests. And I switch them up a little bit, but they're all kind of a little bit the same. Um, so, one, what is your favorite type of book to read? Mm. Um, fictional. Okay. Nice. <laughs> do you have any any favorites you want to drop in um right i know i'm putting you on the spot right? here what am i reading right now um well i i just said fictional now i want to change my <laughs> change my that's mind. okay change. yeah absolutely you can have more than one too so right now i'm reading um i'm reading a book by um uh, suzanne suzanne harvey and she wrote um re rewired for wealth so it's you know, yeah, it's it's undoing the programs, the thought patterns around money. Or I guess, like based off of conversation, what would be your favorite snack today? Because right. it it sounds like it's like all very fluid and like depending on how you're feeling and what's going on. So, what would be your favorite snack today or yesterday? Well, and that's that's what's been great. You know, as I've been um, less flared, I'd say, like free from seizures, I've I've brought more, you know, wonderful foods back into my diet to see how how it responds. So I'd say right now, my favorite would be charcuterie. Oh, right? yes. <laughs> Love language, charcuterie. Yes, yes. Um, number three, what does it mean to you to be a good friend? Hmm. What it means to me to be a good friend is to be willing to listen and to put my, uh, my ideas, my judgments to the side and really, um, create space for my friend to hear themselves express. Ooh, yeah. Hear themselves express. That's mm -hmm. beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And then the last question, what does your self-compassion look like? Mm. Self-compassion to me looks like catching myself when I'm when I'm um, in like a negative spiral of mm -hmm. maybe speaking less kindly to myself than I'd love, um, catching that and being with myself in that way, as mm -hmm. opposed to like getting mad at myself, shooting on myself, like giving myself space to pause and maybe like hug myself or go journal it out or take a break. Mm -hmm. When I'm when I hear myself get really hard on myself, now that that's that. self-compassion looks like to me these days. Oh, 
Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Tara, thank you so much for being here. This has been such a pleasure. Yeah. Um, and I know really helpful to me and I'm sure very helpful to people out there listening. So thank you so much. Thank you, Landis, for all that you do for our community and in this world. I'm just so honored to be here with you. 